Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And no, nothing is wrong on Tuchanka. Everything's fine. <laughs> I didn't I didn't maybe fuck up, but then a bug kind of saved me. That didn't happen, and we won't talk about it later. Hi, how's it going, Kim? How's your week been? Oh, just peachy. Been a busy week for me, but, yeah. you know, still fun. How's yours? Mm-hmm. It's good. Still moving, um, which is just hell. Uh, we yeah. went back to the house, the other house this weekend, moved more stuff, and then it just like packed packed our car up and then looked at the stuff we still had to move and it was just like it looks like we did nothing today um <laughs> it's just like like we we are at the point now where we're moving stuff that we don't need to mm-hmm. to live you know like we moved all the essentials first and yeah. we had like a big van so that was great but now it's just like random kitchen stuff or right like a couple of bookshelves or just like stuff that like kind of takes up like medium-sized mm-hmm. things and it's just very frustrating and i hate I hate moving. There's always a point when moving where, at least for me, I'm like, I don't need 90% of the stuff that I own. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's I could just everything that's there now, I could just throw out in the trash and be like, mm-hmm. well, that means I don't have to move it, you know? Right. <laughs> it's like stuff but at the I same probably... time, I would never do that. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Because what if I need it one day? What if I need it one day? Exactly. Exactly. No, I'm 100 percent. I actually donated. I donated some Legos the other day. Wow. uh, That I've had since. Oh, God. Probably 2008 or earlier. I've had them and I've been. (laughs) These are built Legos or unbuilt So they were built and then taken apart to fit in the boxes so that I could then move them to three separate apartments. (laughs) Um, And at this time, I figured, you know what? It's been this long. I don't need these Legos. I'm now at a point in my life where I can buy myself more Legos if I want them. Right. Uh, And I don't need to save these old Star Wars ones that I don't really have any connection to. Oh, yeah. What were they? Um, There was a Uh B-Wing, which is like the cross ship that that can go flat. There was this Lego series called Exoforce, which was like kind of an anime like thing. They were like trying to do an anime stuff, but with Legos. Um, So there was like a robot. It was like a big robot spider thing with like another a fighter mech guy who had like spiky blue hair uh yeah this doesn't seem worth keeping no and then there was a third one that was in that same the exo force vein but yeah Mm. it was like stuff that i was like yeah these were fun to put together at the time right um and it was cool to have like a big spider on display on my bookshelf in my childhood bedroom but i am now (laughs) almost a 30 year old person uh and i don't think i need that in my house sure so that's where we're at (laughs) now um and then i went to my niece's birthday yesterday and man having it's great having nieces and nephews but golly golly do i just think i'm gonna get sick anytime i (laughs) I hang out with them because it's just they are just like coughing machines but they've all finally learned how to cover their mouths which that's good is some solace but geez geez do they keep coughing i have to say i think that my least favorite sound in the world is that little kid wet cough yeah nothing repulses me more no offense to children no i think maybe that's like an evolutionary thing um <laughs> where it's actually safer to stay away from cops like that yeah, you know maybe. Uh, oh, oh god kids are so fucking dirty dude <laughs> There's not even oh anyway we, i could spend a whole hour just talking about yeah my nieces and nephews and their various coughs but... <laughs> I won't do that. Uh, instead, we should actually get into this podcast. Sure, yeah. Which means, of course, mm-hmm. we need to start off with some bullshit, Kim. 
We do. Um, I want to give a shout out to Punk in the Discord who gave hey, me Punk. this idea. Oh, he said I had a bullshit idea because it's been super hot where I live at the moment. If the squad were stuck inside on a rainy slash snowy slash too hot day, what would their indoor game be? Board games, card games, word oh. games, theater games, hide seek, etc., etc. Um, oh, man. Yeah, so I I ran with this one and I to to narrow down the scenario, I decided we're talking about a snow day mm. and the power's out. Um, and the power's out. Yeah, because okay. I, I figured that would appropriately limit things so it's not just like everybody watches a movie. Boring. Okay. Yeah, we'll get Liara off her screens for once. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, right. spend like, some time with the just, family. Yeah, she's not just catching up <laughs> on work, like whatever. Yes. So, and I'm going to do these in, in groupings um, because I think a lot of them are group activities that people are going to do together. Definitely. So to start off, I think there is a group of people who are playing cards like poker or like blackjack or something. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. Garrus, Rex, James, Miranda, Ashley, and Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. That's everybody. Yeah. 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 Um, I do think Kasumi starts off playing cards too because she wants to be doing whatever Jacob's doing to be near him, but she keeps disappearing periodically um, to rifle through everyone's stuff while everyone's (laughs) distracted. I thought you were going to say, I thought that's very good. I thought you were going to say she gets kicked out after like the third game where she has (laughs) pocket four aces and she's like, I win again. What happened? So (laughs) possibly, possibly that. Uh, But in a similar Mm. vein, I had Legion also starts out playing cards, (laughs) but eventually they start card counting because I'm sure that would be very easy for them. And they probably like thinking, oh, that's just how you're supposed to play the game. Like, obviously, I'm supposed to be doing this. Right. Um, right. And so they are kindly asked to stop playing (laughs) after that. (laughs) I love that. Um, And I think Zaid also starts off playing cards with pretty early on gets too drunk to like focus on the game Mm. anymore and wanders Mm. off to just like talk at people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think Zaid, uh, it's either that or he gets so angry and he and Rex, like he pulls a gun out uh-huh. uh, and then Rex like picks him up and throws him across the room or something. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> that also, that seems valid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then he spends the rest of the day drinking uh, to numb the pain. Mm-hmm. So we also have puzzle people. There's a puzzle contingent. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, this is where I would be personally, um, mm. although maybe I'll be in the next group. But um, the puzzle people are Tali, Thane, Caden, Liara and Legion after they're banished from playing cards. Perfect. I don't know why it's so fun. Like they they are all. Yes, like 100 percent. But when you said Caden, it made me go. And I don't know why. <laughs> the funny thing <laughs> is in um, in Mass Effect 3, because I'm sure you've seen by now, you can find people hanging out in the lounge. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. It's really cool. It. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. But um, there. Oh, I shouldn't share this with you because it's it'll be a little spoilery. <gasps> so forget I said anything. Oh, but, OK. Yeah, we'll just move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, it's not like a tremendous spoiler, but um, it's fine. It's enough of one that I don't want to tell you yet. Um, Fair enough. So those are our, our puzzle people. <laughs> 
Next, we have a small knitting circle. Um, oh. I think Samara knits. I could see her doing this as like mm. just a, a sort of like stress reliever. It's very like, you know, doing something with your hands. Like I I, I knit occasionally um, mm-hmm. and it's like it's a very relaxing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Samara would do that. I think that Jack is also knitting. Whoa. She's trying. She she feels like she needs to relax. It's like we're snowed in. We're like, there's nothing to do. She's like, you know, she's like feeling a little like antsy. And so yeah. Samara's like, come, come knit with me. Um, so yeah. she's she's trying, but I don't think she's having a good time with it. And I think Edie is also knitting just to like learn about like, you know, a human craft. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> So now I have a few more who are not um, in any particular circle. So Grunt floats from activity to activity because he has this like childlike boredom where it's like it Mm. each one only holds his attention for so long. And Mm. eventually Shepard helps build him a fort. um, And that that ends up being the thing that sort of like keeps his attention. He gets really into the fort and making it like perfect. Sweet sweet boy yeah mm. perfectly defended pillow fort yeah um morinth <laughs> is just trying to get someone to sleep with her yeah um zaid is the only one drunk enough to actually be into it but she obviously doesn't want him so eventually she just gets like fed up and takes a nap <laughs> okay and morden is building mm-hmm. an elaborate rube goldberg machine like around mm-hmm. the the house or the room occasionally kasumi will come up and just like wordlessly hand him something that that he needs <laughs> that she found while she was rifling through people's shit nice um and possibly if he gets bored with the rube goldberg machine at some point point i think he might put on a play or a talent show and enlist people's help with that yeah i oh man i don't know if he would organize a talent show i don't know if he's together in Mm -hmm. that it like together enough in that specific way to organize like i'll go then you go then you go then you right right but he would definitely participate Mm -hmm. in some sort of talent who do you think (laughs) is most likely to be the one to organize the talent show I think, God, I'm trying to think about like, I'm trying to make this like an actual nuanced answer where like (laughs) I I think about the things that I know about these people and I don't think any of the rest of them are like into Mm -hmm. culture at all. (laughs) Um, I think it would fall on Liara's shoulders because Mm. or or Tali or some combination of the two of them. Right. Um, But I think they want something new. Yes. And I think it would maybe be like Morden's like humming a song to himself or something Mm -hmm. just like hanging out. And they're like, oh, this would be fun if we all like did something together. Yeah. Uh, My uh, my proposal for this is that some of our contingency, possibly in the card playing group, start Mm. competing over something we get like a push-up contest or like something like that that then turns into everybody showing off their various talents like miranda's like biotic juggling some furniture or whatever you know like and then it turns into everybody kind of stunting on each other i feel like that's that is a way that it could possibly go i love i love that like slow de-evolution into everybody just like showing off yeah <laughs> i think that's that's really great and that's really wholesome and i really uh i get a lot of joy from that so thank you you're welcome um so yeah that's it that was my little it's a little bullshit today a little bullshit but very comfy cozy honestly mm-hmm. um it snowed here the last couple of days um off and on it is now like 
you know, 50 degrees or something, but that was nice. And it, I, I wish I had friends yeah. to hang out with when that was happening. Yeah, I should. I forgot to mention, I was also inspired by the fact that we had a quote unquote blizzard here in L.A., which is very funny, <laughs> um, which it was just a, it was a rain and wind event for most of the city. But um, in the mm-hmm. mountains, there were there were blizzard warnings. So, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Amazing. Uh, thank you so much, Kim, as always. Of course. For that. Should we get into talking about yeah. the game today? Yeah, let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the game. We are going to talk about the Tarian Platoon mission as well as the Rachni Scouts mission, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. But before we get to that, we have some Normandy to catch up on uh, after Javik makes his way onto the ship. So right after this cutscene where we are like talking to Javik about everything, uh, you start off in his room. And so I just immediately started going around around there. James, uh, basically everybody is talking about Javik. Yeah. uh, Because surprise, there's a 50,000 year old (laughs) seemingly, uh, you know, we thought they were all dead Prothean. Right. And James is, you know, in the uh docking bay doing pull-ups no he's not actually he's only doing pull-ups in that first one i don't know why we keep giving him shit as if he continues to do (laughs) pull-ups because you Uh, just know that he is even when we're not there like at some point he is doing pull-ups down there that's true uh right now he is just like taking notes or whatever and he says that javik is not all there quote unquote uh and then says but you know he's been gone for fifty thousand years and being the last of your kind will probably mess with your mind Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah probably um james has a lot of these like single line insights i feel like it's so interesting because i i don't know part of me reads it as like they couldn't afford to do freddie prince jr for too long (laughs) so all of james's lines in on the normandy are like one single line and then like nothing else it is we don't get a lot of like cut scenes sort of like conversations with him with like the decision wheel we and maybe it is a a cost thing i never thought about it that way but it could very well be because i'm sure freddie prince jr don't come cheap probably not right (laughs) i mean even even in 2011 when he wasn't like at his prime you know it's everybody knows who freddie prince jr is you know uh anyway (laughs) not to to go too too far down the freddie hole um James also says uh, that uh, the elusive man is probably, quote, boiling in his brandy. Yeah, that was that, good. That we took Javik, which again brings up the question, where the fuck is James from? OK, I have an answer, actually, but I, I, let's talk about it later because it, it came up again. He mentioned okay. something about home mm-hmm. that I was like, oh. where the fuck are you from? And I finally looked it up. Um, but <laughs> okay. I want to get there first. All right. Um, he also about J- Javik. Uh, James says Doc must be over the moon, which I think it's yeah. so funny that he's calling Liara Doc. It's good. Um, very good. Steve Cortez is down here also fixing the shuttle mm-hmm. um, because, you know, there was some shooting and stuff going on in the, the Eden Prime. And so Shepard comes up and is like, hey, do you ever like take any downtime? And he says, he says, don't worry about me. Like, I sleep enough. I'm good. I'm always at 100 percent. It was like, well, no, <laughs> we're, we're like trying to make sure you're OK. And he says, well, I need to keep myself it, like we're like, well, when you're awake, do you take any downtime? He says, well, I need to keep myself busy. Otherwise, well, too much time to think. Yeah. And then, you know, it's basically just a conversation about like, well, we don't want to see you burn out and like you need to, you know, whatever. And he says, oh, I know my limits. Uh, You know, I'm not going to push myself too hard. Whenever we take the ship out, like I'll always be at 100 percent. Don't worry about it. Whatever. And 
we ask like in not wartime, what would you do to relax? Mm -hmm. Uh, And he says, um, I missed some of the specifics because it is just kind of some sci-fi bullshit in here. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like in, in the shipyards, he would like sit in this, like, I don't know, soundproof dome or something it seemed like and just like watch ships drift by in yeah silence. it was something about like where he was like first stationed or something yeah. he would just like watch the ships come in uh to which shepherd is like well you know the citadel's kind of got those vibes so like next time we go to the citadel you should take some shore leave and he's like uh i don't know and then you have the option to either tell him to do it for you as a favor uh, or order him to do it <laughs> to which Courtney was like, you know, if you don't do it for yourself, do it for me. Like, you know, as a friend, I want to, you know, make sure you're okay. And blah, blah, blah. If I recall correctly here, I think I also got like a Paragon, like blue option. Yeah, it's a do it for me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was just an M Shep thing because Steve is romanceable by M. Yeah. I, I, the, the dialogue kind of felt, it's a little flirty. It's a little it's a little flirty. Yeah. But yeah. I think after that, um, for F Shep, at least, I think he's like, I really appreciate our friendship or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice. I oh, love uh, <laughs> Steve Cortez. In response to. OK, here's the difference. In response to um, Shep, oh. he says, I find it very hard to say no to you, Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah, it is. It is definitely flirty um, for for M Shep. Do you know if his romance is like a full thing or is it like a one night stand kind of thing like with uh that is a full romance um nice yeah cool it's not just a one night stand i believe yeah i was just curious because i didn't know if there were any other like non quote-unquote main squad mates that aren't like Mm -hmm. this is an actual romance you know yeah um so that's cool going to the crew quarters um Chakwas and Adams are still mm-hmm. there talking and you kind of catch them in the middle of a conversation where Chakwas is saying like, you know, Adams, you should be glad that you weren't on the Normandy in Mass Effect 2. Yeah, um, <laughs> he like feels guilty about about not yeah. signing on. Um, he says he feels like a coward and and Chakwas is like, so what does that make Liara a coward? Does that make mm-hmm. um, uh, Ashley a coward? Like these people aren't cowards. They just were doing other stuff and like you know made decisions and it doesn't matter now because we are in war now and we right. have a war to win which is just i love karen chocolate so much she, she is rules. so good yeah um just just an incredible uh i almost called her a bit character and she's not a bit character but like, you know, like <laughs> a side a side not quote unquote main squad. right uh, she's great when you go in to talk to liara every time you go in to talk to liara she's either talking to glyph or talking to somebody over a, a mm-hmm. com or whatever and in this one uh, Glyph is telling Liara that everyone on a planet called Tyvor is dead. And she's like, what? That's impossible. Like the Reapers like only just made contact there. And Glyph is like, they did it to themselves. It was like a, oh, a, yeah. a, a uh, preemptive strike against their own planet so that they wouldn't be turned into husks, mm-hmm. um, which is just fucking brutal. Yeah. I think he says like they detonated nukes like in the yeah. middle of cities. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, it's just absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely that. wild. Um, so then you you can go to talk to Liara and this becomes like an actual conversation conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, she says she's just been thinking, you know, because we just met Javik and she just had all this conversation about the Protheans and stuff with him. Um, and she's think she's thinking about how Javik said it took centuries for the Reapers to like fully, fully um, complete their cycle or whatever. Fifty thousand years ago. 
And so with the current galactic situation, it'll take at least one century. And she says, uh, I'm only 109, Shepard. I could live to see this entire cycle come to an end, which is like harrowing, a harrowing thought. Uh, (laughs) To which to which Gorton responds, only 109, huh? Yeah, (laughs) I think we could. Yeah, Jin too. (laughs) We could take off the joke hat for one second, my friend. But um (laughs) But then uh, she has this really interesting thought where she says um, she used to pity people like, you know, species with shorter lifespans. But now she thinks uh, maybe it's not such a privilege to outlive so many to mm-hmm. witness so much death. Yeah. Uh, which is just like, I don't know. I mean, it feels like a, a, a logical conclusion for, you know, a species like this, especially at around like early into your hundreds to be like, oh, mm-hmm. maybe I, you know, because at that point you you have basically lived a lifespan of like right. a quote unquote average person, depending on the species, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, oh, I just watched so many people die and I still have 900 years to live. Like, yeah. maybe this isn't maybe this isn't what I want. It's just like so, so interesting. Mm-hmm. And then uh she questions Shepard's ability to like not not questions Shepard's ability, but it's like, I just can't believe that you are like you still have so much energy to lead right. this war. And then uh, I don't know if this is the same for Jin uh, or if it or if it, this is because mm-hmm. I romance Liara. But it's like every time I think about a war, uh, every time the world is about to end, I think about how mad you'd be. Um, oh. And so I so I save it for you. And then she like sits down next to Shepard and calls Aww. her a flatterer. Okay. Yeah. I know yeah. mine was different. Um, Jin just sort of says like, just like generally I think of the people that I care about. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so yeah, you, you did get the romance you died. Nice. There. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It may be if I just because I put in so much time to this relationship so far, but in this game very much so I feel very like I personally feel connected to Liara. I love that. It's very, it's very interesting. They, Um, they really, especially, I mean, in all of the games, but especially in this game, like the mm -hmm. shepherd Liara bond is really strong, even as friends. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I, I think that the longer you do a romance in this game, the more it pays off mm. um like pretty much across the board in my experience which like yeah. makes sense right but yeah it's yeah. it's really fun to like start a romance from the beginning and all the way through it's nice yeah part of me feels like whenever i play this game again because hey i'm gonna play these games again um, they're sh- they're short enough that i w- could mm-hmm. do it in a, like i could play each one in a weekend um, yeah which is just amazing yeah. um but like part of me thinks my next Mass Effect one run, I won't romance anybody because mm-hmm. um, that's like kind of what I wanted to do a little bit. But part of me was like, well, I need to know what it's like to romance a squad. Maybe. Right. <laughs> so it might as well be Liara. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I'd i be curious how that feels on, a, on another run. I don't know. Part Sorry, a total tangent. But part mm-hmm. of me has been thinking like on my second run, I'll just play somebody who's really by the book uh-huh. and like never, never strays from that. <laughs> it's like constantly <laughs> just trying to follow galactic rules yeah, or whatever. I love uh, just that. A, just a real boring person. <laughs> we try and play the world's most boring person. Oh, I love um, this. I love that you're already thinking about your next run. It's pretty interesting if i'm being honest with you like because i've said this on on other shows yeah, you but don't like, replay I don't, games i don't replay games yeah i just like a lot of the time i i can't commit the time to it and like i don't feel like it would be worth committing the time to it but mm-hmm. i feel like this game specifically and maybe it's just a, a matter of the types of games that i'm have been playing in my time as a gamer uh but like there's just so many choices and so many different ways that things can turn out and like i think as we'll talk about later seeing choices you make 
in the first game come back in the third game. And we've already seen some of that stuff happen, but I think it's just so interesting that like every choice was at least considered to some degree of like, how is this Mm -hmm. going to affect later games? Like maybe they didn't know exactly what was going to happen in mass effect three when they made you make the choice in mass effect one, but like they, They they had intentions of like, well, this choice is going to affect something down the line. We just have to, you know, make sure it pays off. And I think Mm -hmm. for the most part so far, I think those choices have paid off and that is what, makes me interested in going back mm-hmm. and doing this stuff again yeah um, to the point where i where i looked up on youtube what if every squad mate is dead when you start mass effect <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah that would be uh, wild yeah God, there's a, it, what is that it just you've got james yeah <laughs> literally i guess liara uh, liara would survive no matter mm-hmm. what Edie. Uh, yeah Edie joker who else didn't come ashley uh-huh or caden anyway uh i like this game and i'm probably gonna replay it at some point that was what Sick. i was trying to get down yeah to. okay uh, <laughs> let's talk to garris <laughs> let's talk to garris yes uh so he just talks about how he's seen a lot of crazy things on the normandy talking about javik says it's a hell of a thing to wake mm-hmm. up to everything you know destroyed uh which is a great line yeah um and then he says like you know it's pretty great that javik gets a second chance against the reapers because i don't think any of us will mm-hmm. um so we we better make it count for him uh, yeah. and then <laughs> and then he has this throwaway line about uh being worried about what protheans eat because yeah. you know nobody really knows and he says boil the sorry with a side of fried prothean <laughs> that's just so silly he also says if this war goes south maybe we could freeze you for fifty thousand years <laughs> yes yeah it's funny yeah um <laughs> full jokes this one funny jokes uh so then on the bridge in the in in the frame a fucking joker is still on his shit so about fucked up the krogans and it's just like oh don't worry Edie. the once the krogan are gone we'll get rid of that smell and it's like hey what what are you talking about guy what like what is happening like i don't know this is making me wish i had told Edie not to date him i have regrets (laughs) about encouraging (laughs) this relationship yeah a little Mm -hmm. bit there's a there's a line later that i want to talk about regarding that Mm -hmm. uh but we'll get there when we get there and then (laughs) Edie is you talk to Edie and she's like oh i had to explain gendered bathrooms to javik because he didn't get it it's like hey it's fucking 21 whatever maybe we don't need gendered bathrooms anymore but okay yeah maybe if the like extremely technologically advanced civilization upon whom we built our galactic (laughs) civilization yeah like didn't care about gendered things yeah maybe we shouldn't either just saying well, kim only one of only one of those uh galactic civilizations is on the cusp of defeating the reapers so i think we can say <laughs> i think we can say the gendered restrooms have worked out the gendered well restrooms are the thing that save us from the reapers <laughs> jesus christ uh anyway uh that's all i had on the normandy for this trip did you have anything for this go round? just one more thing um yeah. we uh if you check your mail here if you mm. got all of the intel on eden prime you find out that it helped the people of eden prime um mm. expel cerberus after after we left so nice. that's nice yeah i don't know if i got that but i did have eden prime in my war assets so maybe i did do that uh and didn't even realize mm. um I don't know. maybe it's more if you yeah i could see that it, being, being like a that. thing because because in, in the description of it it was it wasn't you know you gave them information to mm-hmm. overthrow whatever it was right different. so it must be 
uh, mm. separate thing. Anyway, mm. let's move on now to the Terrian Platoon mission on Tuchanka. A little recap, I guess. Uh, Victus told us to basically go rescue his son, which he mm-hmm. was on a secret mission uh, on Tuchanka, and he wouldn't tell us why. He just said, please go save my son. Thank you. Bye. Mm-hmm. Um, and that attitude does not improve <laughs> later on, <laughs> which is uh, upsetting. So we roll up and I brought with me Garrus and Liara. Nice. They're my they're my they're my standards. That does change in the next mission, but they're like my go to's. Yeah. This week I decided to switch things up. And so I brought Javik and James. Nice. Yeah. The J squad. Jim, yeah, Javik and James. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. But yeah, it is the J squad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am pleased to to announce that oh. we have a new we have like a new contender for competition for big place which is um that's a caden line right james, oh, james yeah the caden line uh that is a caden line big place oh, okay. uh about the citadel mm-hmm. but um james said something that i think uh gives big place a run for its money which is we we touch down into chanka and he goes look at this place bad <laughs> <laughs> Again, they were they had to cut down on Freddie Prince's lines because they couldn't spend time. (laughs) They couldn't afford any more words in that sentence. Yeah. Well, no, I think it's because because he says Tuchanka Tuchanka. Or, or, right. or like Tichunka or whatever. And so maybe the, <laughs> the line was bigger than that, but he, they couldn't get him to say the, the planet name right. Um, oh, that's so fun. Bad. It was this great. Was it was great. Garrus, on the other hand, gives us mm-hmm. some pretty interesting insights uh, into the Terrian military code regarding uh, promoting family members. Mm. Oh, <laughs> and, nice. Uh, and he tells you, you know, it's like, it's a pretty risky move to promote a family member uh, without merit. Um, and so like he, he basically is like, I hope Victus knows what he's doing, um, Mm -hmm. and didn't just do this because it's his son, uh, which kind of maybe kind of seems like it's kind of just because of his son when we actually go talk to him, doesn't it? Um, A little bit. Well, I think what he said earlier was like, I had, it had to be someone that I trust a lot, but yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's not because he's your son. It's It's just, um, also speaking of the, the lines here, um, Javik said, you know whatever this was was like you know top secret Mm -hmm. does anyone have any theories and then nobody (laughs) answers because javik (laughs) is dlc (laughs) no (laughs) such a bummer i don't know if maybe it glitched and there was supposed to be a response from Jin or from the other squad mate or maybe if i had someone other than james because they're trying to save freddie prince jr money Um, (laughs) right but God. yeah, nobody answered. So it was like <laughs> it felt like that thing when you're in a like in a group with people and one person says something and nobody answers and it's nobody just awkward. Responds. <laughs> oh Jesus. Anyway. Anyway, we have to land far from the crash site because mm-hmm. there's too much stuff in the way and too much blah, reapers. Blah, blah. Yeah. So we land far away and 
we ask Edie to get us, you know, if we, we ask Edie to get us comms with Victus and I was like, well, Victus is just on the Normandy. Why is that right. so hard? And then I, I was like, oh, right. The other Victus. The other, the son. <laughs> the Lieutenant Victus. Yeah. So we get like a, a broken up message from Victus that's like, we're, we're held down. Help us. Yeah. Uh, and you say, you know, shoot a flare off so we know where you are. And then you immediately see a flare. You're like, okay, we got to go that way. So you start running that way, you find some escape pods, you find some dead Turians that were like, the first escape pod you find is like, oh, they didn't die. They didn't die in the crash. The escape pod hit the planet and then they were dragged from the escape pod and killed by, uh, you know, husks or reapers, Mm -hmm. whatever, uh, which is brutal. And uh, we there are a couple checkpoints here where we arrive to save some Turians that didn't get immediately killed after escaping their escape pods uh we do a bunch of shooting there's a harvester around uh which you fight three times um and the third time you kill it uh congratulations and while you are going from confrontation to confrontation you know there are these uh kind of side conversations uh and garris points out how weird it is that there's a turian mission on tuchanka um just like in general because Mm -hmm. of the Krogan and Turian, you know, relations in the past. Um, and Liara says that there weren't any rumblings in like the shadow broker net. So like, this is like really, really underground. Yeah. And I guess because Victus put someone he trusted on the squad, um, or, you know, as, as the leader of the squad, then, then stuff didn't leak, I guess. So that was, I thought really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. Also in there, Garrus says that the Victus name generally is like, a big military name, you know, in, in Turian, uh, history um says it's it's hard to live up to and i think it's really interesting here liara specifically says children shouldn't have to live up to their parents successes or their failures Mm -hmm. they should be able to you know build their own histories which i think is really interesting considering her mom is matriarch benezia who you know did some shit yeah that's true so that was fun also along the way we find an audio log of one of these escape pods crashing uh, and one of the soldiers says, Victus is going to pay for this. Uh, and Garrus is like, I wonder how he's going to live this down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we finally take down the harvester, do one last final big gunfight. And also, uh, you were right. My difficulty was on casual. Uh. Um, so I, I've, I've now moved up to normal and have died a few times. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there, so you there you go. Yeah, I, I died a few times in this one as well. Yeah, it's just like the 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 harvester. And then in the Rachni mission, there mm-hmm. there's another enemy enemy that shoots like three missiles in succession. And if you get yeah. hit by one, you stumble and then get hit by the other two and then die. Yeah, it's like, this isn't <laughs> fun. Yeah, the harvesters especially, it's like constantly coming. At yes, some point. it's like you can get like three shots in before they fucking mm-hmm. blow up your spot, literally. Anyway, so then we meet up with Lieutenant Victus and his soldiers and immediately we're like, hey, what happened? And one of his soldiers is like, Victus fucked up. He did this to us. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Victus is like, all right, I made a bad call. <laughs> he says uh, he chose caution and clever tactics over a head on attack and his men paid the price. Just on on the note of living up to your parents, like this yeah. is literally 
how we were introduced to Victus originally, yeah. right? Was that like yeah. he had he was known for using these kind of clever tactics that like people sort of raised an eyebrow at, but it was like, you know, it, it like served him well and sort of yeah. like worked out. Yeah. It's clear that like his son is trying to do the same thing, but he doesn't have the same instincts. Yes. Um, so I I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. And I, I didn't even make that connection. That's that's yeah. a great call. And so like you ask like, oh, what happened exactly? And he says, oh, well, we were coming in and we saw, you know, Reaper forces. So we thought it would be better to skirt around them um, and travel through these ruins. But as we were coming down, you know, we were basically shot down or, or forced to escape pod out. So in an effort to avoid casualties, he actually wound up losing like 40 right. men. Right. Um, and like because they were in these ruins, he's like, I have no room. We have no room to maneuver in here. They're just like, you know, they've got us trapped. Basically, they're stuck. Yeah. And so Gartney is like, well, this is like what being a leader is about. You know, you have to own up to your bad decisions, mm -hmm. but continue moving forward. And he's just like totally defeated. He says the, the mission is still a failure. Um, and then you're like, hey, about that mission. <laughs> what is it? Uh, and <laughs> you, you get out of him that there is a bomb on the planet of Tuchanka, uh, and they were sent to defuse it. Uh, he says it's a Cerberus bomb and that you are sent or they were sent to defuse it. But they can't do that now because everybody's dead and they're stuck in the ruins. And so he's like, OK, please just like get us out of here and, and we'll leave. Uh, and you're like, whoa, no, <laughs> like that's not you. You've already started this thing. You need to see mm -hmm. it through. Um, and then he asks, like, haven't they sacrificed enough talking about his men? He tells you that they've like lost hope. And and or I think maybe one of them, one of the soldiers actually says that um, they've lost hope and they've lost faith in Victus. So then I had Gortney, I think, do the renegade option of like, hmm. if you if you give up now, you're dishonoring the men that died coming mm -hmm. on this mission. Um, and so then he basically gives a speech to his men and it's like you see maybe some of that victus charm come out or whatever <laughs> mm -hmm. um uh, he just needed to be steered in the right direction i guess i don't know uh and then you know all his men Im immediately acquiesce which <laughs> i think mm -hmm. is very silly and uh he's like okay well we're gonna go like regroup uh and get ready to go defuse this bomb let me know when you're ready to go because we want your help <laughs> so you say okay and then you go back to the normandy um which is very interesting uh because it feels like that should just be a continuation of the mission i uh, genuinely forgot that it wasn't um mm -hmm. well it doesn't make sense to not immediately go back and do it uh no. you know like because it just it feels like you got the well the why first... wouldn't you just go you know right. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah like you this is just the first act of this whole thing like mm -hmm. there's sh there should be more and i don't know why we stopped it there besides the fact that as you told me and as we will talk about in, in a bit this is a timed mission so it's mm -hmm. like it feels like they put this break here just so that maybe they could trick you right and like maybe <laughs> you don't maybe you don't immediately do this mission next and maybe you go do some other stuff and then you fail the mission isn't that like isn't that stakes and it's like right. well no you just you just fooled me like you like i don't know it just feels it just feels kind of arbitrary yeah it's a little weird there's no reason for it to be like okay well then we get back on our transport ship and go back to the normandy and then we mm -hmm. go meet them like a hundred feet to the west and yeah. we go we start the mission again it's just like silly so that's that mission um because 
we didn't say we were going to do more. Um, yeah. And, and which is fine and is actually kind of interesting. But I think we'll circle back to that after we talk about the Rachni mission. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, we head back to the Normandy. Uh, Hackett is like, uh, something doesn't feel right about all this business. Sorry. Sorry. We go to Yakit with Hackett. Oh, yeah. Yakit with Hackett. We yak it with that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, something doesn't feel right about this bomb business. Uh, you know, go maybe talk to the Primarch and get some clarification on like what is actually going on. Also, just quick shout out to uh, our good friend Chase Allhart, who recorded the Yak It With Hackett. <laughs> yes, uh, thank you, Chase. Things. I tried to do it with just my voice clip from the episode, and it wasn't working out, and I didn't feel like recording it. So I messaged Chase on Discord <laughs> and said, hey, do you want to help me with a bit? <laughs> uh, and King, he did. Thank you so much. Um, if there's one thing about Chase, he's always willing to help with a bit, and that's what makes him such a great friend. Yeah. So we go to talk to Primark Victus and ask why he didn't tell us about the bomb and he's like oh he basically the reason he gives is just like because it's a secret yeah uh, because I, like it, maybe he says something like about how it would be like a no that's something else yeah he like, doesn't say he I, I do think he brings up the diplomatic incident of okay. it all like if yeah. you know if it was like if the krogan found out then blah 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 but it's like and I think even Gortney says back, like, we have to trust each other. Mm-hmm. You need to tell me stuff. And then he's just like, sorry, no, I can't. Sorry, I can't. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I won't do that. And it's like, well, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Um, he does have this interesting line where he says, like, when I was a general, I could just pass stuff like this up the line. But now it stops with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess maybe part of it is also him still trying to come into this new role and, like, figure out exactly where he stands on all this stuff now that it is, like, his name signing off on all these things and he can't just, like, do whatever he wants. Um, which I do think is interesting development for this guy who, when we first were introduced to him, like you said, is just, like, he'll do, you know, he has these, like, shady tactics and stuff mm-hmm. that will get the job done. And for him to now be like, well, now I am in the diplomatic seat. And so I will be playing the diplomatic role, right. uh, I think, is is really interesting, but it's also so frustrating. Yeah, um, because yeah, it like is I, frustrating because he's such a real one. And it's like, why yes. are not you keeping it real with me? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And it's just like every time I talk to anybody in this game, it's like, why aren't we all just trying to do everything yeah. <laughs> to destroy the Reapers? <laughs> like, it's funny that that oh. reminds me of of a James line as we're sort of like going through um this mission he's like you know this is where politics really pisses me off because like why don't the krogan just want us to help them like get the reapers off their fucking planet yeah um which like i i understand it more with the krogan like they've been done dirty um but yeah it's uh, it it is a little bit like everybody get your heads out of your asses but you know but like i think the thing that's frustrating about it is not it's not like a failure of the writing it's like it's unfortunately very realistic (laughs) no a hundred percent yeah yeah i'm not trying to knock the like the you know this isn't believable or realistic or whatever Mm. it's just like it is so realistic painfully so right that even in these times of like literal life or death of society and civilization Mm -hmm. as we know it we're still trying to you know shake hands and cross arms and stuff and it's like oh my god it's so frustrating but i in the croaking case i think it's like you know if you had if there was ever a time to play this chip it is now yeah (laughs) it is now but anyway and also i mean if it's if if this battle is going to last for another century then wouldn't it behoove us to have more krogan to fight you know yeah 
if we're just going on a numbers uh, mm-hmm. purely on a numbers platform but anyway then uh morden pops in and is like hey uh the cure's done basically we just need a transmission vector uh and he's like I don't know what to do. And you're like, surely you can think of something. And then he's like, I have thought of something. <laughs> it's just a very silly exchange. It is very silly. <laughs> um, and he brings up this thing called the shroud, uh, which is just like this big tower. You only see a hologram of it, but it looks like a big tower thing that shoots out stuff. And he says the Salarians built it to um, help maintain or re- recreate the Krogan atmosphere. Um, and then there's like a pause and Victus is like, and the Turians used it to spread the genophage, um, <laughs> which is just silly. But I mean, I think it's and, and then the Shepherd can say like, oh, that's pretty like devious. Like, that's a pretty fucked up thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, yeah, but it was like the easiest and most efficient way to do it. It's like, OK, great. Uh, but then interestingly, Morden is like, well, it still has the original genophage strain in it. Which means all we have to do is put the cure like in that genophage strain mm-hmm. and it will just immediately, you know, spray it out all over the planet and basically cure everyone wholesale instantly, basically, um, which is kind of cool. And that's that's kind of that. So now we have a, we now have another mission on Tachanka uh, on top of the bomb and on top of I believe there's also just one of those Cerberus uh like random used to be multiplayer missions, um, which which Kim told me about this past week. Uh, there's just a bunch of missions that used to be multiplayer missions. And now they're I don't just know if it's not. that they're you. They, I could have been wrong about them that they used to be multiplayer missions, but they're just like little tiny, like go to a place, shoot some stuff missions. Um, and I think they do help your war assets. Although, actually, I, I think that the multiplayer did also up your war assets. Um, mm, back when the multiplayer was a thing but yeah <laughs> i could see it like it, the 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 objectives there are very kind of multiplayer shooter esque mm-hmm. it's like oh go here get this thing and then bring it back to the you know the capture yeah. point or whatever yeah um or like save the civilians and you know it's it's a payload mission where you're just trying mm-hmm. to kill a bunch of guys so you can move the civilians forward you know you move the payload forward whatever so i you know i could see that being uh multiplayer stuff but mm-hmm. anyway uh i did do a couple of those and they're you know it's, it's fine um they don't really do anything it's just like it does get you some more assets which is nice but, yeah but it's like if you if you anyway. enjoy the combat it's fun to have more little just like combat missions yeah. and it has honestly doing those did um help me uh like expand my my arsenal i guess of, of attacks mm-hmm. uh that i had been doing because i've i'm playing one of my adept right now so i have some stuff that i wasn't really using to its fullest potential uh mm. but now i am using overload so don't worry about it oh yeah overload's one of my favorites yeah i've no i haven't been using it uh but it's great <laughs> anyway um so that conversation happens and we are good and then i realized uh if you go back to the room where you talk to hackett you can call anderson Oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah, which I didn't know was a thing. Um, So I went back and I called Anderson uh, and he basically just says, we're like, hey, how's it going? And he's like in his admiral regalia or whatever. No, he's in just like regular soldier mm-hmm. uniform. Um, You're like, hey, how's it going? He's like, well, a lot of cities have stopped checking in. So, <laughs> like, oh, OK. And he basically says like he was able to get out of the main uh, area in Vancouver uh, and has just been hopping from foxhole to foxhole since. 
Uh, he said it seems like the Reapers are focusing on the big cities, so it makes it a little bit easier to maneuver uh, when you can, you know, get away from the bigger targets. But also it's just like we're kind of just trying to survive right now because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, are you OK? And he's like, that changes by the hour It's like we, you know, we can be OK one minute and the next minute they're right on top of us. So that's that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. At first, you you like when you open the call, you're like, ah, oh, hello, sir. And he's like, sir, I didn't think when I reinstated <laughs> you, you'd become all like a, a fuddy duddy uh, politician again. You're like, ah, oh, what's up, Anderson? He's like, ah, that's it. <laughs> like that's what I want. What's up, um, Dad? <laughs> what's going on, pops? Um, so that's fun. And then you get a message in your email from Liara that says she has something to give us in our quarters. Mm-hmm. So you head up to the quarters and you invite her up. And I thought this was like a romance thing. I was like, this seems kind of early for a romance thing to be <laughs> happening, but that's fine. Um, but she walks in with this like box and then like sets it down on the table and hits a button. And is like, I've been thinking about history and stuff being lost to the Reapers. Um, and so basically she made this like black box time capsule thing so that if stuff goes bad in this cycle, uh, you know, races in the next cycle will be able to pick this up and it has information on the Reapers on every, you know, civilization that is currently around on the, the crucible, like all on all this stuff. Um, so that it's like our Prothean beacon, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which I think is really cool. Um, and then she's just like, but I really just want your specific input on one entry. Uh, how do you want to be remembered? Mm. Uh, if it comes to that, and so Gortney, I think being the kind of person that she is, is just like, just put down the truth, put down what happened, good and bad, don't leave anything out and let history be the judge. And so Liara's like, all right, well, I'll take out all the uh, the stuff I wrote down about your heroics and all that. And I'll just leave <laughs> it very analytical. Uh, and then, you know, that's kind of a, a silly moment. But that's that's basically it. Um, I don't know. It was neat. And I liked it. Mm-hmm. And then... I went down to talk to Javik. Um, and when you go in there, he is having a, a, a comms conversation with Liara uh, about uh, basically about Mass Effect 2. And it's like, yeah, they were called collectors and, you know, we had to kill them because, you know, they were doing this shitty stuff. Um, <laughs> it's very funny to describe the, what the Reapers are doing as just shitty stuff. Um, <laughs> and she's like, I'm I'm so sorry that we had to do this. And he's like, no, you're right. It was like an act of mercy. Thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you can talk to him about Lieutenant Victus. And he's basically just like, I, <laughs> you were very lenient with, with Lieutenant Victus. And you're like, oh yeah, what would you have done? And he said, I would have taken him out to the hottest desert I know, buried him <laughs> neck deep, and then let the local fl- uh, fauna do whatever with him. <laughs> And yeah. then uh and then if he survived that I would give him a a, a quick death. <laughs> like Jesus fucking Christ, my guy. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, he follows that up with like, oh, you know, soldiers are like a valuable asset and the stupidity of one shouldn't like jeopardize mm, the lives of another. Yes, it's yes. like, okay. That's still a lot, though, my guy. <laughs> That's a lot, my man. He also says uh, Tichanka used to be full of jungles and stuff. So mm-hmm. cool. History. Um, and then I went to go to talk to Garrus, and he wasn't in his room. I was like, where's Garrus? So I opened the map, and he and Liara were just hanging out in the lounge. Yeah. That's <laughs> great. I love it. I love I love that this game puts the crewmates in right different spaces you know even like moving chakwas and adams into the crew lounge or like when you go to the citadel and they're out on the citadel it's just like Mm -hmm. 
I like seeing them be people independent of right. when I am going to ask them, you know, what they're calibrating. Right. Um, it's just like I think, so fun. I, I remember, I think last season we talked a lot about how in Mass Effect 2 you don't get that much interaction between yeah. the squad mates yeah, and yeah, i yeah. and i think i was like well in three it like gets better and this is what i was kind of referring to is like mm -hmm. you get these moments where you you get to see them like interact with each other and and their characters kind of like shine yeah. through and i think it's Ugh. really fun it is really fun and and uh garris and liara just have these kind of like cute back and forths of like oh what were yeah. you up to like, what were you up to last game? <laughs> and uh, Liara's like, oh, you know, became the shadow broker, fought a robot, uh, or, or fought a fought a spy or whatever with Shepard and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then it was funny. I thought this was like a scripted event, but I think it was just the like how it, it happened. I left the room. And as I was mm -hmm. leaving the room, Liara was like, so archangel and i thought that was like that's all it was going to be but then it was actually just it was just triggering the next conversation mm -hmm. but it's very funny like as soon as i walked out the door it was liara saying so archangel and yeah. the doors closed i was like oh that's funny um so it's just a cute little combo i liked it it was good i love my crewmates yeah um when when she asked him about being archangel mm she's like oh you know like there was a lot of chatter about it you really take out three blue suns marks with one bullet and he goes no no that's not true the third guy had a heart attack it's not fair to count it. <laughs> yeah it's not fair to count it it's so fucking funny um Garris. i love when my girlfriend and my best friend hang out uh it's great <laughs> <laughs> um uh, and that's pretty much that's all I had on the the normandy for this this run it's just kind of people just being like ah tachanka krogan's I have one more thing. Um, oh, a couple of things actually okay. about this one. But let's start with James. Okay. So James says parts of Tuchanka reminded me of the desert back home. And I was mm. like, my dude, where the fuck are you from? <laughs> I looked it up. He's from Southern California. Okay. So the desert comment makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah. All of the sayings. Don't mm. know where he picked those up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh i'd love i'm glad that that mystery is now solved because yeah. i have thought about it um every time i speak to him um <laughs> also did you talk to joker and Edie in between this one i did so did you get the one where joker is telling a joke yeah so he tells yeah <laughs> i did i did record this just to watch it for posterity <laughs> but the the joke is basically there's a krogan and a solarian during the was it during the rachni wars is yeah. that what it was um and they like crest this hill and Edie's like oh they would never hang out there's like animosity between them and joker's like it's a joke let me finish telling yeah. the joke and i thought that was just gonna be like the end of the conversation but then he actually does tell the entire joke uh, and he says there's a fog there's there. They reach the top of this hill and they see this valley with fog and, you know, uh, Rachni or whatever. And, and the Solarian says, uh, oh, it looks pretty scary. And the Krogan says, oh, if you think that's scary, I'm going to have to come back through this fog alone, uh, implying. And then Edie explains that, you know, uh, implying that the Solarian is going to die and the Krogan is going to have to, you know, come out alone. And it's like, this plays into some awfully, <laughs> some awfully <laughs> bad stereotypes uh, regarding the Solarians and the Krogan. And <laughs> Joker's like, basically just like, you can't make jokes anymore, man. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. so sensitive. <laughs> this is one of the few lines that I actually wrote down this time. Please. I was trying not to take so many notes. He says, comedy isn't really about being nice. Sometimes <sighs> it's about airing out the way people think and it's like oh my god no dude 
Oh man. Yeah, it's it like sucks. Solarians and Krogans tell this joke to each other, dude. <laughs> it's fine. It's, yeah. It, this seems like they wrote a line and then Seth Green said, as a comedian, I will not say this. I'll be saying this instead. Like that didn't oh feel like a Joker God. line. That felt like a Seth Green line and I oh hated it. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't anyway. even think about that, but yeah. Probably. Comedy isn't nice. Comedy isn't nice, man. Fucking Christ. Anyway. Uh, anything else for you on the Normandy nope. today? <laughs> cool. Uh, so let's head now to, uh, God, Utuku? That's how I said it. Or... Yeah, Utuku. It's um, where Rex's scouts went missing in yes. Rachni space. Yeah, uh, they were checking out the Rachni relay and their communications were immediately cut off upon their arrival. So you head there and on this mission, I brought with me Garrus and Javik okay. uh, because I thought Javik would have some interesting stuff to say about the Rachni and I was correct. Yeah, um, and I brought Javik and James again. The J nice. Squad. <laughs> the J Squad. So we arrive and we get a uh, word that our lock company is going to be our backup on this mission. So we're like, okay. And they're just like a group of Krogan that are like really, you know, they're, they're like a high caliber military group yeah, uh, amongst the Krogan. Yeah. Commandos you're like, okay, cool. Uh, as you're pulling up, Javik tells you that the Rachni used to be living weapons. Uh, they were only animals then he says. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they got out of hand, we burned 200 worlds to take care of them. <laughs> like Jesus Christ. And then Garrus chimes in and says he didn't think the Rachni queen would, uh, would be ready to start a war. James says, James oh, is like yeah. horrified. He's like, what do you mean you let the fucking Rachni queen go? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? That's why we're coming out here right now. And she just goes, it was the right decision at the time. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, <sighs> my immediate next note here is just grunt, grunt, grunt. Um, <laughs> because we pull up and we are introduced to the Arlock company, which is uh, being led by our boy, our son, our tube uh, offspring. <laughs> our tube baby. <laughs> Grunt. Uh, he's here, and I'm so happy about it. Yeah. When you're reunited with him, he's like, didn't those idiots lock you up? What are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you're like, yeah, you know, they like locked me up because of the arrival DLC, but, uh, <laughs> you know, situation changed. Yeah. And then, you you know, you, you're like, hey, what's up? How's it, how's it going? Um and he says well you know rex needed a leader uh for this for this group and he wanted someone who represented the future of the species so since i since you helped me do my uh proving it's not what it's called uh whatever that thing is uh mm, i don't remember what it's called oh, either <laughs> since you helped me do that thing um you know i was a member of clan or not so he chose me and uh, I don't remember if it's here, or if it's in the conversation you have with him. It's it's in the conversation you have with him later. But he explains to you that like the this company is made up of Krogan from all different clans to you know promote the diversity amongst amongst the Krogan uh, moving forward, which I thought was a nice thing. That's cool. Um, yeah. And so he's like, we're we're all just here because of our merits, not because of our clan name, basically. Um, and Javik is like, oh, 
you yeah <laughs> we share we share a room i know you from the room and grunt is like what the fuck is his deal <laughs> like, i'll explain it later yeah he goes who is this <laughs> um he tells grunt that the rachni are formidable opponents and that they should not be underestimated and so you can ask grunt you know what have you been up to since mass effect 2 and he says well i spent time learning what it meant to be a krogan all the stuff that uh uh Okino? Is that what his name was? No. Um, no, that's not what it is. Shit. Okino is from uh, 13 Sentinel. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, oh, my God. Another tube baby story. I, Okir. Uh, Okir. Okir. God. Uh, he says that Okir... That's very funny. <laughs> he says that all the stuff that Okir was teaching him was just like, they were lessons without any actual bite. Um, so he needed to go, you know, live on Tuchanka and like you know earn his lumps basically just Mm -hmm. like you know get in fights get in scraps prove himself do this stuff and uh yeah so that was that's what he's been up to and you approach uh and so you have this conversation in the remnants of the scout camp and there's like two or three you know um basically shipping container type things that Mm -hmm. you can you know you see them on every every planet that has like a lab on it and you can walk through that stuff but then there's just this giant hole that the rest of this uh this base fell into and you're like okay i guess we're going down the hole and so uh grunt is like all right i'm ready to go fucking kill some spiders let's go uh and i begin walking through uh another like little lab space because i was just going to try and get more uh Mm -hmm. stuff and then it falls (laughs) yeah uh and you fall all the way down the hole and grunt's like i'm coming hold on (laughs) Uh, and so we spend this whole mission with our our tube son uh separated um which is my boy my boy um but pretty immediately uh we find a flamethrower uh mm-hmm. and webs which is yeah great <laughs> um webs and nasty little eggs called nasty spore pods eggs. yeah um so we walk around and so anyway i start blasting um <laughs> we're just <laughs> setting everything on fire on fire yeah because the spore um, pods if you get too close to them they explode yeah um so you have to um take them out first from afar mm-hmm. with your gun or your very cool flamethrower yeah. which and i love how instead of like giving you a flamethrower and um ammo yeah throughout the mission it's just like no you just keep finding new flamethrowers yeah. Yeah. um which is very good it very much see like the, i i know this isn't the case but it feels like a mission that was like dlc and they were like, well, we can't give you the super strong DLC weapon. We have to make sure it stays in the DLC. Um, uh, it's just funny. But I do appreciate it because I, you know, we you get a flamethrower Mass Effect 2 and I don't think I ever used it a single time. Um, it's so, not that useful. Even in no, this mission, no. like the flamethrower is useful for the spore pods and for the webs. But sometimes they give it to you right before you actually have to do like combat. And it is yeah. not useful for that. I died three times walking into the first like <laughs> arena because I was like, they want me to use the flamethrower. Flame Let me thrower. use the flamethrower. Yeah. And I just kept getting fucking beat down by husks. I was like, this yeah. isn't a good weapon. Why am I using this? No. Uh, very silly. Um, so after you come across that first uh, combat, there is a real or you are you are shown the results of kind of a reaper rachni fusion, mm-hmm. um, which is a big bulbous spider robot thing and it's gross and it shoots missiles that suck it's gross and um, scary 
gross and scary. Uh, you're also introduced to the concept of a barrier pod or whatever, which just gives things barriers, which is just so fun. Uh, <laughs> um, that's me being facetious. It's not fun. So you do some shooting and you're like, oh, my gosh, they're, the, the Reapers are doing stuff with Rachni. That's crazy. Can't believe it. Um, who would, who would have thought the Reapers would take another species and turn them into something else <laughs> fucked up. And then as you make your way in, you get, uh, you know, intermittent comms from grunt. Um, and at one point he's like the last squad knew that they weren't going to make it out. So the commander ordered them to bring their weapons as deep into the caves as they could. So yeah. that's like why you keep finding individual mm-hmm. Krogan with their weapons, just laying next to them. I guess yeah. we need a reason for that. Sure. <laughs> and then you, after you do some more shooting, you come across grunt and his, little squad uh and you're like on this this uh elevated cave platform and you see them down there and there are some of the big reaper guys coming and so i immediately start shooting but then (laughs) grunt just picks one of them up turns around and throws it down a hole um (laughs) which is so fucking funny um so cool really good my boy that's my son that's my son um (laughs) and so then you finally meet up and you're like okay through this door is like the central nest which we somehow Mm -hmm. know and grunt's like okay me and my men will stay here and and you know hold them off and you go take care of whatever you need to take care of in there so you head in and you do i i actually did really like this combat bit um, mm-hmm. you like shoot down the one gate and then you have to go to the other side of, you know, this pathway to then shoot down the other gate, but then you have to walk back across, but right. then there's more guys here. I don't know. I just thought that was You're fun. Just going back and forth just and going they're back and like forth. constantly flanking you. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I, I had a good time with that one. Um, and I think maybe it was because at that point I had like finally like really figured out how to take down and avoid being blasted by mm-hmm. the, uh, by the big guys. Um, so that was, that was a good time. I had fun doing it. Uh, and then when you finally finish off the like fourth or fifth wave, you open up the final gate and you're like, all right, this is it. And you walk in and who's there? It's spider mom. The Rachni queen is here and she is not doing great. (laughs) Um, she's like halfway, you know, stabbed through with Reaper tubes or whatever. And is like, hi, how's it going? I'm having a bad time. Um, (laughs) she has been through it. She's been through it. I hope whatever happens after this mission, Mm -hmm. she gets some, well, I guess we'll, we'll talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. She's, she's just trying to stay at home. I hope she gets some me time. (laughs) <laughs> I hope she gets some me time. Yes. So I don't know if we all remember from Mass Effect 1 when we talked to the Rachni Queen. Mm-hmm. She does not speak because she is a spider, mm-hmm. but they sing, but also they can talk telepathically through other people or other mm-hmm. things. And so she begins speaking to us through this chorus of deceased Krogan voices. And it is so fucking cool. It's really cool. It's really creepy. It's so scary, dude. It's, and it, it's really incredible. It's such a moment. Yeah, it's it's it really is a moment. And I was like, is this what she sounded like in Mass Effect 1? But then I remembered, no, she was speaking through an, a, a single Asari in Mass Effect right. 1. In, and she just sounded like a lady. But in this one, she sounds like 10 angry fucking turtles. Um, <laughs> it's very good. Um, they got the, you know, they got the hump and the shell and stuff. Yeah, 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 um, sure. It's great. And she talks about uh, the maddening sour note 
uh ceasing and you're like hey how did you end up here i thought i sent you back to your home planet and you agreed to stay there and she was like i did but then then the machines came and they were singing their sour note and and they basically like kidnapped her or something or like forced Mm -hmm. her to come here and begin creating these reaper rachni hybrids um so she's yeah. not been having a great time. I think the sour note is like indoctrination. Yeah. So I I, I don't know. I, I'm just thinking about the Rachni again because I love mm-hmm. the way that they sing to each other. And I, I don't know. It was just, I, the first time we talked to them in Mass Effect 1 was like transcendent you know, yeah. in terms of like my enjoyment of this game and this one kind of felt like yeah okay they sing and the reapers are just doing their thing and it's like you know it's cool because she's fucking huge but i don't mm-hmm. know there was some majesty that was kind of lost on me oh really this, this time yeah i don't know i don't know what it was interesting um, but but you know I'm, I'm glad that we got to see her again and she's like hey if you let me out i'll fight i'll fight the reapers for you with you and you're like okay cool what did Jin do here so, um, well, first, so uh, James uh, didn't want to help her. Um, oh. he was like, he was like, she's a mess. She needs too much time to escape. And I was like, well, fuck you. Um, did say I, that. I saved her. Um, okay. I also I, saved her. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the choices presented is like, we need to like buy enough time to, to get her out, which yeah. means like Aralak is going to have to help us do that and you know that will require some sacrifices on their part yeah uh so we come through to rex and was like or no we come through to grunt uh we're like hey can you just hang out for a couple more minutes while we let our big spider friend go uh and grunt is like i think grunt says like god damn it shepherd yeah Um, i'll be right there and so so grunt leaves the arlock company to keep doing what they're doing and he comes to meet us and begin shooting some fools and then we begin our run out and mm-hmm. as we're running out uh my notes here say no not the piano not the piano <laughs> with a bunch of exclamation points because that classic mass effect like combo piano song begins playing uh that's like somebody's about to die something sad's about to happen and grunt is like you guys go to the ship I'll stay here and hold them off. And he does begin doing that shooting fools and punching them and squishing them. And then he gets stabbed, but then he throws it and then he tackles one into a hole mm-hmm. and the music crescendos as we get on the ship. And it's very sad for a second. And then all of a sudden the camera pans over and we see a fully covered in blood grunt yeah. limping out of this cave. And then for some reason he says, anybody got something to eat <laughs> like passes out <laughs> which is like when were we talking about food why what is this a callback to he's hungry he's I a just... growing boy it's not a callback he wants a snack he, he wants needs... his uncrustable he needs which his uncrustable. unfortunately yeah i guess maybe it has been the 30 i was gonna say i didn't i didn't un- i didn't defrost it for him oh. I didn't have time. That's why I have to throw it in the microwave. I think as soon as Gortney sees Grunt, she like calls back to Joker and is like, take the Encrustable out. Take the Encrustable <laughs> out of the... <laughs> right now. Um... Oh my God. He does eat Encrustable. <laughs> That's my boy. My boy loves his Encrustables. Okay. Uh, so then... Time to yak it with Hackett. Oh yeah. 
Hacky Hacky with Hacky. Tiny Hack with Hacky. Thank you for saying it. I didn't want to say it. Every time I say Why? it... <laughs> It, you, like, it was your idea to have a little bit and a little name, and now you, you're so resentful of it. <laughs> it happens so often that it needs a name, and I just hate how good the name Yak It with Hackett is, and I I really do love the stinger, honestly. I love the, the, the little... stinger is so good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and it basically boils down to... I, I like all these conversations because it always just boils down to like a single sentence. <laughs> um, yeah. Because it's like, oh, I was just on this mission and Grunt was there. It was crazy. Can you believe that? And he's like, oh my gosh, Grunt. Wow, <laughs> crazy. Um, but he's basically like, hey, I hope that the Rachni Queen doesn't bite us in the ass again. Um, yeah. <laughs> she's like, okay, look, she was she didn't do this on purpose which okay so here's a question if you don't save her in mass effect one is it a different rachni queen or is it like what's the situation here i think it is a different queen okay and so spoiler alert for the end of this conversation um the rachni come and help with project crucible yeah which is so fucking Um, cool yeah if you didn't save the Rachni queen in one, this is a new Rachni queen who like doesn't have the same level of like trust and good vibes. Sure. And so they do turn on project crucible <gasps> and like, like reduce your war assets, I believe. Oh my God. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. It's <laughs> like they, they like, I don't know at some point, like they attack and yeah. Like, you lose some people or something. Wow. So yeah, they go to help with Project Crucible, which I just think is so fucking sick because Javik was talking about it and then when, you know, the Rachni Wars were a thing. And so like all the characterization we've got from the Rachni are like, we met the Rachni Queen and she talked about her whole deal. But like otherwise, as like a civilization, as a people, we've only been like, they've only been talked about as like, objects of war or like mm-hmm. weapons or whatever like these or things enemies. that are yeah. enemies right like their sheer numbers you know make them a great weapon or make mm-hmm. them a, a formidable foe um but really they're just like they they are smart enough and they will be most useful with project crucible which i just think right. is so fucking cool I yeah. love that so much. Yeah, they're like uh, I, I remember in the in the first game, like they when you're learning about them, it's like they're very technologically advanced. They were mm-hmm. like a spacefaring people who mm-hmm. had like their own ships and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just it's very cool that the game is able to conceive of this species being extremely different from us but actually like no they're like sentient and intelligent and whatever they're not just they are not actually just like animals as they were in javik's time so it's very cool it's so fucking cool um also i i looked it up and um the thing is if you if you don't save the rachni queen in one the reapers have created like an artificial sort of indoctrinated rachni queen and that like that one if you free her she um yeah fucks up project crucible yo how dumb does your shepherd have to be to be like an artificially (laughs) created rachni queen by the reapers this surely won't bite me yeah surely this will be fine surely this will be fine uh anyway that's that's anyway Um, i like i said i hope that our rachni queen gets some some time to herself to recuperate Mm. take a bubble bath Mm -hmm. read Mm -hmm. like she really needs it yeah 
So then we uh, talk to Rex and he's like, hey, nice job. <laughs> if the Rachni get out of hand again, that's your fault, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is pretty funny. Uh, and then we're just in Normandy time mm-hmm. and you talk to Javik and he, you know, says again, like <laughs> he basically says, like, you know, in my time, the Rachni were just animals, but we saw their propensity for some of them to fight. So we found the most like, you know, uh, capable and uh, like malicious or whatever Rachni queens and basically bred them as weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, it's pretty interesting how my actions have consequences uh, because <laughs> now they're like they went from just being a tool for the Protheans to being your cycles nemesis, um, mm-hmm. which I think is so funny. Uh, I mean, he he wasn't alive when this happened. So this isn't like a Morden genophage situation. It's just like a, <laughs> you know, but I, I do think that is pretty, pretty interesting to like, I don't know any, I mean, Javik is a cool character conceptually anyway, but I think any bits that we get from him of like, here's how it was 50,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. And to see it progress to this point is pretty interesting uh, for him. And then, so by, by extension, it's pretty interesting for me as well. <laughs> yeah. He also says here, he's like, I'm glad I met Grunt. Um, yeah. You know, I feel like I like know him really well now from living in here. And I think he'll, you know, be a formidable opponent against oh. the Reapers. I, I just love the idea that those two are like kind of pals because yeah. because like they shared the same room. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're also um, kind of they're also kind of tube buddies, you know. <laughs> they came yeah, out of- in a sense. They both came out of different tubes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, didn't we all come from different tubes? Uh, yes, I'm literally. So sorry. Um, <laughs> Garrus is still hanging out in the uh, lounge area, but this time he's hanging out with Ensign Copeland, um, who's a name I've heard before, I feel like. Have you? I think so. Just like as like somebody said his name one time, I mm-hmm. think. And basically Ensign Copeland's like, wait you've seen the Rachni before and you did all this stuff. He's like, wow, you're so fucking cool, Garrus. And Garrus is like, it's, it didn't seem that cool at the time. It's like, okay, all right, man, you don't have to play humble. He's yeah. He's eating that up. Yeah. Really good. And then this is what I alluded to earlier. Um, when we were talking about, uh, Joker and Edie, Mm. I walked into the med bay and Morden is having a conversation with Joker out loud on the speaker and you catch like the last quarter of this conversation or, or, you know, the very end of this conversation, basically, um, where Morden is like, yeah, so you'll have to do some like exercises and stuff to be strong enough. And like positioning is very important. And like, I can send, I can send Edie some videos if you'd like, you know, to, to go over proper positioning and Joker's like, no, no, no. Uh, just send them to me. I'll, I'll, I'll do the research or whatever. And also don't tell anybody about this. Like, especially Shepard, like she doesn't need to know. <laughs> and Morton is like, I won't tell Shepard for sure. And Joker's like, <laughs> she's right there. Isn't she? Um, so very silly. I am. Joker's trying have, to fuck. Does she have the part? Look, we've established already that Tim is a pervert. Uh, yeah, I guess so. So, cool uh and i wrote i wrote in my notes because i think it's important to to distinguish joker's trying <laughs> trying to figure out how to have sex with edie's body um because like <laughs> edie is for all intents and purposes the normandy um and like oh. part of part of edie is 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 in this you know 
body thing but it's like that's not Edie you know Edie is whatever I don't know but I think that gets into a whole philosophical thing about like what is a person and blah blah Mm -hmm. blah um which did you not um so I did these missions in a different order so I like got these little in between scenes in a slightly different order but there is did you not get the conversation between Ken and oh do you have you didn't get Ken yet I haven't gotten Ken yet okay so there is Oh, let me find this in my notes. There's if you got Ken back, there's a conversation after the yeah, it's after this mission where Ken and Adams are debating, is Edie the Normandy or is she like a a passenger on the Normandy is what Ken calls her. But like technically, like like is she like hardware or software Mm. on the Normandy, you know, Um, and Adams thinks that she is the Normandy and Ken is like, no, she's like something different um yeah. and they ask Edie what she thinks and she's like huh i don't know are we more than our thoughts there you go um yeah so it's so funny that you were having that like <laughs> thought because that's literally a thing that's in the game that is very funny yeah, yeah. i mean i i think like I think that's the perfect amount to have that conversation in this game because like mm-hmm. there are entire, you know, sci-fi books and, you know, probably thesis papers and stuff about this idea of like what makes a person and what makes AI specifically a person, mm-hmm. you know, like just because you don't have a body, does that mean you're not you don't exist and blah, blah, blah. You know, there's all these conversations that philosophers are having i do but i think it's i think that amount of conversation about it in this game is like all that needs to be in there and we do not need to explore it that much more um interesting okay (laughs) well well, okay well now you're saying that um i think it will be interesting as it gets uh, explored more but like i would be happy with it not being any more of a plot point than it is right now like Edie has this body and like that raises some interesting questions, but like, do we actually really need to deal with that? No, I don't think so. But if we do, I won't be upset about it. (laughs) That's fine. So anyway, uh, that's all I had on the Normandy for now, because there's something, uh, there's something that happened that we should talk about. Let's see. If you talk to Joker and Edie this time, Joker goes, Oh, our little tank baby's all grown up, which I thought was cute. Um, Edie says, I have a question about human behavior. And Chef goes, why don't you ever have questions about Asari or Turian behavior? Yeah. And Edie goes, well, I've tried asking Liara questions about Asari bonding. And she, you know, she said that I basically like the long and short of it is like she she was like, you're going to tell everybody on the Normandy. So I'm not going to tell you. She said, yeah, the Asari word that she used translates to blabbermouth. Um, <laughs> so good. And Edie goes, she's become a more private person since becoming the shadow broker, which is fucking hilarious to yeah. me because as we've talked about she tells fucking everybody that she's the shadow broker yeah um did Jin did Jin have a retort to that a retort to like did, did she's become more of a private person did Jin say anything back no I think Jin just was just like yeah she sure has and I was like okay. no she sure hasn't okay because uh, Gortney also says that but I wasn't sure if that was just mm-hmm. like a romance thing if it was like a yeah oh, she yeah. sure has <laughs> no Oh, there's like a little mission here where Adams asks you for something for the Normandy. It's called a GX-12 thermal pipe. I don't, I I wasn't listening. It's very (laughs) technological and boring. James and Cortez talk about the stealth system of the shuttle and how it's kind of like the Normandy where like, it's not visually cloaked, but it can't be sensed by technology. But yeah, like the whole time James is kind of negging Cortez about Mm -hmm. it. And they're yelling at each other across the, Mm -hmm. it's very funny. 
And <laughs> when you talk to James uh, regarding the Rachni, he's like, it's like you've got the opposite of a horseshoe up your ass, which I didn't I think is meant to be like you're you're unlucky because, of course, oh, she was good luck. Okay, um, it's like James. unlucky because we run into the rack. I don't know. James, you got to stop making up sayings. Do you think maybe they just wrote on a piece of paper like, dear Freddie Prince <laughs> Jr., say something about being unlucky. And that's what <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that's all I had. If you want to talk about then what happened to you? Yeah. Uh, OK, let's talk about what happened to me. So <laughs> I went up to the CIC, as you are wont to do. And trainer says, oh, you have a new message. I said, oh, OK. Well, hold on. <laughs> Explain okay. what you did in between. <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I did. So the my order of operations was I did the Turian platoon mission. I did two of the Cerberus N7, maybe multiplayer, you know, combat focused missions. And then I did the Rachni mission. So those those are the, the that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Came back to the ship, did all the talking, did all that stuff. Um, And then I pull up to the CIC and trainers like, hey, you have a new message. I said, OK, let me go check my messages. So I check my messages uh, and it's a message from Rex that just says many dead. That's the subject line (laughs) said, "Okay, not a great sign, not a good start. And the message says from or not Rex, they got to Chanka Shepard, some kind of bomb. I don't know much. I don't even know who did this. It's a mess. We're going to be sorting this out for a while. A lot of Krogan died too many. So I said, hmm. I know about a bomb on Tuchanka. I wonder if this means this was a timed mission and I failed it. So I messaged Kim and I said, I can't wait to tell you how I fucked up. Uh, and she said, what does that mean? And then in in that time of, of me saying that I can't wait to tell you how I fucked up and her response one minute later, I went to the galaxy map and I went to Tuchanka to check my missions and I still had the locate bomb mission. So I said, okay, maybe this was a different bomb. Let me go talk to Rex about it. So I went to go talk to Rex about it. And he was like, what's up, Shepard? How's it going? Like, (laughs) seemed pretty okay to me. Like, not a whole bunch of people just died due to a bomb. So I said, okay, I guess nothing's wrong. And so then Kim said, uh, I said, is that a time mission? I don't really know. And then Kim said, I don't really recall Rex ever telling me a bomb went off. And I and then said, that is a timed mission. Uh, and I said, I'm not sure. That what. was in between those. I, I looked it up and discovered that it was a timed mission. And so then Kim very uh, covertly was asking me, uh, how many missions did you do between <laughs> the Tuchanka and, and getting this email? I said, oh, I did three. Uh, and so she sent me the page from the wiki that says once you receive the uh, bomb mission a hidden timer is activated once you complete three other missions which i did the bomb will go off and the strength of your krogan war assets will be significantly reduced so i haven't checked my war assets because before i got that message i went into the locate bomb mission to see if maybe it was like the bomb's already gone off now we have to deal with the aftermath and that's not what happened we pull up and and it's just normal and and the mission starts regularly. It's like we have to go find so this good. bomb. Um, so I'm not sure what happened. It seems like a bug. <laughs> it seems like a bug. I haven't had a chance to check my war assets yet, but I don't know why I would get a message that say, hey, the bomb went off and then I can start the mission. It's like, hey, the bomb didn't go off yet unless yeah. we're going to pull up and the bomb has gone off and Victus just didn't notice somehow. I, I don't, don't know because uh, Kim I, said I was supposed to have failed the mission, which to me means I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, I would think so. Um, 
But yeah, I I don't know for sure because I've never yeah. had this happen before. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw some people talking about like getting a glitch where if you do like a couple of missions in between, you get the email from Rex, but then you mm-hmm. still have the mission, mm-hmm. and that is definitely a bug. Yeah, but I didn't see anyone saying I did the three missions. Yeah. And got the email and somehow still had the bomb mission. So I don't know. I guess. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And maybe it'll just be a difference in your war assets. I have no idea. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you at least get to do the mission. I'm glad I get to do the mission. I'm I'm in the mission currently. I I have suspended the game at the start of the mission. So Mm. I I don't know what's going to happen in the future. So I guess stay tuned next week to figure out (laughs) if there are any repercussions. Yeah. Anyway. Um. (laughs) And actually, sorry, I lied about the order I did it because I did I did the Turian mission, the Rachni mission, and then the two combat missions because I was just trying to kill time before we started recording today. And I was it. like, I want to play Mass Effect. I don't want to play a main mission because I don't want to have to take notes on it. So let me go to mm-hmm. do, do these missions where I can just go shoot guys. And so I didn't think that in my head they don't count as missions. So if anything was timed, <laughs> you know, the, there wouldn't be consequences. But uh, we'll yeah, see. <laughs> I, I actually didn't realize that this game contained missions where it's like you have to do it within a certain number of missions. My understanding is that a lot of the time stuff most of the time stuff in this game is you have to do certain side missions before you continue on with the main mission that you currently have or you could lose those side missions oh interesting okay hmm I guess technically it's a side mission. It's it's not a priority mission. It is just a. It is not. Yeah, it's it's technically a side quest. You could just not do it. I think. Wild. Um, I don't know. But anyway, so that's uh, that's that's it for this week. Those are our uh, trials and tribulations, our uh, follies, and uh, the opposite of follies. What is the opposite of a folly? I don't know. Uh, so the episode's <laughs> over now. Okay. <laughs> uh, once again, thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, it's a joy to do. I love playing video games. I love talking about them and I love having people uh, interact with us online. Yeah. Uh, so please, if you're playing along with us, like our friend Ponk, great to have you with us. Please let us know. I'm really curious how other people are experiencing this game. If you've got any weird bugs, please let us know. Yeah, uh, we we meant to give a disclaimer at the top, too, but we can give it here, which is that yes. if you're playing along and this is your first time, I would say don't necessarily or just know if you're playing strictly along with what we're doing that we are not using any guides i'm letting aj steer the ship here um which means things like we could miss out on timed missions (laughs) so if you want if you're playing along for the first time and you want your first mass effect 3 playthrough to like be a quote-unquote perfect playthrough where you actually like get to see everything Mm -hmm. um and all of your old friends again and everything um use a guide (laughs) don't don't be afraid to use a guide and if that means diverging from what we do do that um I just don't want anyone to follow along with us and then be upset that they missed something. Um, Play the game how you want to play it. Yes, Uh, please. We'll always be here. And there are always chapter markers to help you if you want to avoid something. Somebody in the Discord shared a um, timed mission like order to do stuff in to not mm-hmm. miss anything. Uh, I think that that also included like which squad mates to bring on which missions yes. to uh, to get like unique dialogue. Yeah. which can be fun, too. Yeah. So that'll be in the show notes uh, as well as links to 
the worst garbage discord at the very bottom as well as links to all the chapter stuff so if your podcatcher doesn't show you the chapter markers we have as you're playing the show you can always check the show notes for a list of all those things and if you click the time code it should skip the you know your player to that bit in the show just in case you didn't know that's how that works uh also in the show notes are links to the wonderful artists who helped us with our art and our music uh scout wilkinson made our wonderful art you should follow her on twitter and tumblr and check out her ko-fi page uh i do believe she still has some commission slots open uh so you should snag those while they're available also amaranthin did our intro and outro music uh, as well as the mid-roll stuff it's all the same song uh you can see his <laughs> stuff on Bandcamp and all his other stuff on twitter as well and like i said you can go to the worst garbage to join the discord to talk to us about your playthrough uh to yell at us about uh maybe missing uh Chanka mission or to just hang out i didn't <laughs> you didn't yell at me no no i i mean i didn't miss the mission because I. Oh. <laughs> oh you were you were establishing superiority not not trying to make me feel better no I, that's fine yeah no, no, i got it declaring my dominance <laughs> yes um so thank you all once again so much for listening uh if you want to tell a friend if you want to leave a review we appreciate that stuff but for now the episode is over and we'll be back in one week kim any final words for us today? Ow. You know, Eve. Oh, <laughs> she just fucking <laughs> bit me. Yeah, stop <laughs> that. Uh, violent baby. Um, violent speaking baby. of violent babies, uh, <clears throat> because we didn't we didn't have any um, like really profound quotes today, oh, so I'm to just God. gonna quote our favorite violent baby. Anybody got something to eat? <laughs> <laughs> That's per- I thought I was really sure you were going to go with uh, comedy isn't supposed to be nice. Oh, God. <laughs> See you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye. PWG, the worst garbage, the online.